Welcome to the Winging It Travel podcast with me, James Hammond. Every Monday, I'll be joined by guests to talk about their travel stories, travel tips, backpacking advice, and so much more. Right now, I'm taking the podcast on the road traveling with me. So tune in every week for short form episodes detailing all my travels alongside my Monday guest episode. Are you a backpacker, gap year student, or simply someone who loves to travel? Then this is the podcast for you, designed to inspire you to travel. There'll be stories to tell, tips to share, and experiences to inspire. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. And this is the last solo episode for the Canadian and USA road trip. So we're covering days 97, 98, 99, 100. And then finally day 101, where we finish in Kitsilano Beach in Vancouver. So following on from last time... We are now into the Washington state and we had a quiet night at the campsite and then we went for a coffee at Ocean Beach Coffee Roasters. These guys are pretty cool. They do brunch, breakfast and all that sort of stuff as well. You can sit in. Uh, They do paper cups, unfortunately. And it was the only place we could really find a decent coffee in town in Ocean City. And then we drove to Lake Quinault. So it's a bit of a drive, this one. And we're going to go to the world's largest Sitka spruce tree which is a thousand years old. It's a big tree. It's about a 10 minute walk from the road, free parking. Then we had a lovely little lunch by the lake, which is just down the road. You can walk from the car. Idyllic, smooth, no waves, some mountains surrounding it. And the first impressions of Washington State was very much like BC. Lots of trees, lakes. You're driving by the water a lot of the time. And very chilled, loving the vibe to be fair. Lunch was great. You can park at a restaurant there. The restaurant doesn't open until about 4 p.m., and there's a car park adjacent to that, so you can just park there for lunch for free. Um, just to make sure you're not there when they open, because they do say no parking when the restaurant is open. Then we're heading to a town called Forks, and this campsite near Forks is a gravel and a bench, pretty much, for $20. There was no one there. There was a few long-termers there, which is fine. And there was Wi-Fi as well. Not, not too strong, but it's okay. There's much needed, because we need to get some stuff done. But the old guy there was very nice, paid in cash. And very, very nice facilities. Good toilets. Uh, I don't think there are showers there, unfortunately, though. You can go into Forks as a town. It's a very small place. And go to the visitor centre. There, there is good Wi-Fi and a toilet if you need. And it's near some shops. But Forks is very small. Don't expect too much there. One road straight through the middle. I've got a couple of petrol stations, a shop, and that's pretty much about it. The plan for the next day, we had an early coffee. And we got straight on the road. It's kind of a bit of a rainy day, unfortunately, on this day. But we're heading to Olympic National Park for a walk because they've got some very nice walking trails through the trees there. Kind of redwood vibe, obviously not very tall trees, but very nice, bit like a forest bathing opportunity here as well. And we parked in the National Park for free. They also have toilets, etc. You will have to pay to get in unless you've got the Parks Pass. So we drove through, and there's a bit of an uneven road, probably 20 minutes to 30 minutes, parked up. Parking was at a premium, there's people on the road before it, maybe because it's a weekend, not sure. And we took some walks and trails through the forest. Very nice, very serene, very green. I felt like this walk was more like a reflection on the whole trip, really. Especially the road trip in Canada and US. And we've done a few trails, they're very easy, some are boardwalks. So you can do some real hardcore ones, some 16, 20Kers. We've done the easy ones, done some forest bathing, and kind of reflected a little bit. Then we came out of there and went to drive to Port Townsend. Now this is one of the main ports to the west side. The day after, we need to get a ferry across, kind of like the mainland, if you like. But first, Port Townsend is a lovely little coastal city. It's not too big. And we've got a huge, 
huge tuna sandwich from the Courtyard Cafe. A ridiculous size. This was just way too big, but I was absolutely loving it. Stuffed afterwards. They do great food there and coffee as well. Very popular place with the locals. We felt the need to walk that off. So we walked around the seaside town, had a couple of coffees, went to a few shops. A coffee recommendation is Better Living Through Coffee. Has a fantastic view out the window. So you can sit there with coffee at the window side and look at the water in between there and the mainland. That's the water you cross to get to the mainland from the ferry. And we had a night at the Fort Townsend State Park. We were going to do a free one, but we thought, do you know what? They're only $18, $20. It's a guaranteed spot. It's the nice time of year to do it because there's no one queuing up to get in. And you can just walk straight in. If I'm honest, all the state parks that we walked in and paid with, with the envelope, no one checked. So I'll leave that there. I'm not going to advise otherwise. But just saying in the October time, when it's starting to get a few weeks before it closes, I don't think they're too hot on it. Fort Townsend State Park was going to close about a week later, I think, when we arrived there. Very quiet. Very dark, uh, good facilities, and just no one around. It's a bit eerie, really. I will say, just for Olympic National Park, I think that's got potential, that park, to spend a lot of time in. But I think we're just, at this time, almost ready to finish the road trip. I think we enjoyed the walk. Nothing more strenuous than that. I think we're then reflecting on how much we've spent, what we've seen, what we haven't seen. I feel like we kind of want to get back to Vancouver a little bit and kind of regroup a little. I'm not saying we took advantage fully of that, but I did enjoy the National Park, but I think there is potential there. But it is very busy on the weekends, just an FYI. So day 99, early doors, we went to the ferry port. You can book tickets in advance, no problem doing that. You can also arrive, this is a Monday now, you can arrive in the morning and just wait for your ticket and they put you in the overflow section. Easily got on the ferry, I think there's two or three overflow queues without tickets. Who got tickets on the day? No dramas there, it's about... $25-$30 for the car for both people and this goes to Fort Casey just across the water. Arriving in Fort Casey we then drove to the little town of Coopville and this is a great little find. Arcadia type feel, lovely colourful houses, very chilled. Went and had a nice bagel and coffee at Sunshine Drip which is a very nice little place to hang about in for an hour or two and it wasn't the best day in terms of weather, a bit rainy but a really cute town and we parked down towards the front, towards the water. Nice little independent shops down there. There's a library, there's a souvenir shop, there's an international shop for food, like selling British stuff, Dutch stuff in there. And so I quite like the feel, actually. Really enjoyed it. But the ultimate aim here is to get to kind of the round Bellingham area. So we drove to Whitby Coffee, which is hour and a bit from there. This was situated in a little town called Anacortes, which is at the sort of the northern part of the headland. We wanted to go and check it out, but I just don't think we had any oomph. And it was raining as well. Didn't really feel it, so I went for a coffee and just kind of sat there until the rain dissipated, really. Some interesting sights in that cafe as well. Then we headed out. So the aim here is to go east towards Burlington, and we're going to stop at a rest stop for the night now. This is a patron shout-out to Laura from the Swamp Soup Stickers, who has contributed £5 to the podcast on my Patreon. Thank you so much for your support. Really appreciate it, and it helps the podcast to keep going in the future. If you're interested, head to the show notes where you'll find a link to my Patreon. The website address is patreon.com forward slash travel podcast. For five English pounds, you will receive some trendy stickers from myself in the post, a shout out on each episode, and also my digital travel planner by email. Thank you for your support. A little bit of drama happened here. We turned up to the rest stop, which is the Bow Hill rest area. Now, we've done these plenty of times before. It's never been a drama. We had some dinner in the camper van. 
it was fairly quiet, a few cars towards dusk, and then in the evening, definitely only one or two vans, including ours, left over. Loads of toilets, loads of space, very quiet, no drummers, just off the I-5. About 8.30, this car rolls in, blasting his music, revving the engine. I was like, what is this guy doing? Parks right next to our van, and then proceeds to be on the phone. All I can say, really, is beginning to expletively threaten someone on the end of that phone. The worst things you can imagine. Can't really mention on this podcast because it's not fair if anyone's listening who's a bit sensitive to those type of things, but murder was mentioned and the stuff that goes with that. This guy was seriously angry. And the first five or ten minutes, sort of funny in a way, because I thought, what is he doing? The language got worse and worse and worse. Then he started saying, I'm waiting here for you, let's finish this. I've killed before and I'll kill again. All these sort of threats. 20 minutes in, we're scared. It's pitch black. Who's coming to meet him? He didn't look a very nice character. Luckily, he couldn't see in our van because our van has blacked out windows at the back. We kept all lights of our phone off. So in theory, he probably thought there's no one next door to him. And then we made a decision to get out of there. Now, the problem with this is our camper van needs to be built. So we move all the stuff to the front. We move the front seat forward. The lever comes up. The bed gets pulled out. It's all set up. And unfortunately, if you want to get away quick, you're going to have to move around pretty quickly and pretty annoyingly. So Emma stayed on the bed. I pushed the seat back, flipped the hatch up on the bed, moved everything to the right and to the back, got the keys and started the car. Unfortunately, the windows were steamed up, the condensation, so I couldn't get away quickly. So I had to wait a minute to get the air going and stuff. And then I think he sort of realised what was going on. Was probably a bit surprised that there's someone next to him who heard everything that he said. I switch my lights on, I reverse, I get out of there. I catch his eyes, I leave. And yeah, he's definitely not a very nice character to say that by the looks of it and by the sounds of it. And we just drive off. No idea where we're going. It's raining, it's dark. The I-5 is full of lorries and trucks. So they're going pretty fast on that road. I couldn't see very well. Went off a turn off completely wrong at one point. It was a very stressful, frightening experience on our last night. So we drove to Bellingham, which is about a 10, 15 minute drive up the I-5. And we stopped at Bellingham Lodge. The problem we have here is on our phones with Verizon, we've got no data left. So we have to wing it. So we found somewhere that had three or four motels. Parked up, went to one of them, got a night for about $100.00. And I told the guy who runs the motel there what happened. He said, do you want to ring the police? I was like, no, we'll leave it. But he's shocked about what happened. He said, don't worry, you're safe here. No dramas. So that was the end of day 99. And that kind of influenced our decision next day to go to Bellingham to check it out, but not stay any longer in the US, back to Vancouver a day early. Day 100 is Bellingham. So after the night before, we kind of recovered from that. A good story in hindsight, but not very nice at the time. Went to Trader Joe's in Bellingham. Can you believe it? First time I went to one in the USA. Got some snacks and some food. Had a bagel at Bagelry, which is very awesome, by the way. Check that out. And we had some coffee at Makeworth Coffee and Roastery, which is a top location for coffee. If you get a second cup of coffee with your same cup, only costs a dollar. Coffee tastes great. So this is a great location for remote working because a lot of people in there on laptops doing stuff. And it's right in town. Parking is going to be paid in Bellingham. So you've got to bear that in mind. Not a very big place. And we just kind of drove around really trying to find somewhere to see next. But we couldn't really figure it out. It was a bit rainy, a bit dreary. And then we decided, you know what? Let's just drive back over the border. So we actually went earlier, probably like mid-afternoon. Drove back over the border. We thought it might be a queue. Nope, straight through, two minutes. The border guy couldn't believe that we didn't buy anything and take anything back from USA. And then we drove straight to Jericho Beach in Kitsilano. And ended our trip on the beach. In safety, in someone that we know. And somewhere for the morning after 
is going to be a very trendy coffee. Day 101 in Kitsilano in Vancouver, which is the end of the trip. It's the last day of the whole road trip. An amazing sunrise. Got out to the beach early, got freshened up, and we went to a reflection coffee at Kitts Beach Coffee, which is one of my favourite places in Vancouver for coffee. And kind of reflected on the trip. Couldn't believe we're finished. It took 101 days, a lot of driving, over 14,000 miles, 23,000 kilometres, a serious amount of stuff that we've seen. But we felt right to finish there. We didn't feel like missing anything else. And it's great to be back in familiar surroundings. I'm not going to go too much into detail of my reflection of that trip because me and Emma are going to do a USA road trip summary episode discussing our thoughts. But I'll leave it there. So day 101 in Kits, end of the trip, back in Vancouver. The next part of the whole trip really is figuring out what to do next. So I'll leave it there. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you for an update on the next solo episode in due course. Thank you. Hey yeah, just a quick one. I just want to say there are many ways to support this podcast. You can buy me a coffee and help support the podcast with $5. Or you can go to my merch store with the affiliate link with Tee Public, where there's plenty of merch available to buy, such as t-shirts, jumpers, hoodies, and also some children's clothing. Thirdly, which is free, you can also rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, or Good Pods. Also, you can find me on social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Simply just search for Winging It Travel Podcasts, and you'll find me displaying all my social media content for traveling, podcast, and other stuff. Thank you.